Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Amen. Good morning. Welcome back. It's a good day at One Hope. We're starting a new series, Reverse the River. So whether you're in the room or you're online, I know there's a lot of people sick this morning, people that are not here for some reason. So I want to say good morning to you as well. Now, in the mid-1800s, Chicago had a major problem on their hands. People were sick and dying in alarming rates. I mean, thousands of people were dying. They were dying from things like uh, typhoid and cholera and other waterborne diseases. Their problem? Their city's drinking water. Every day, people were living in and drinking water that was so unhealthy. It was polluted with things like raw sewage, animal waste, chemicals from their industrial factories. It was flowing into their water. See, Chicago had a problem that everything that was unhealthy for their people were going into the river, flowing out of the city into Lake Michigan. Now, the problem was... How they got their drinking water was from Lake Michigan. And so you can see the cyclical problem that was going on. So starting in the mid-18, say, let's go 1850s, Chicago decided we are going to do something about this. We're not just going to sit by and watch this happen. They were sick and tired of seeing people sick. They were sick and tired of seeing people lose their lives. And so they tried lots and lots and lots of different things to solve the problem. But nothing worked. Nothing worked until one day an engineer named Sylvester Chesbro had an idea. He had a plan. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to reverse the river. Now, when he said this, it was looked at as a crazy idea. It was looked at as something that could not be accomplished. And in the 1800s, you couldn't just decide you were going to change the direction of the river. It couldn't happen. But it was worth the effort. It was worth the effort to try anything and everything if it would mean people would stop losing their lives, if people would stop being sick. So after years of planning, working through so many issues, it was in 1892 that this project began. And the project was simply called The Ditch. The project began with, with the city going all in. It was going to take a lot of money. It was going to take a lot of time. It was going to take a lot of effort from thousands of people. But it was worth it. It was worth it if it was going to save lives. It was worth it if it was going to save their city. Well, it was eight years later. 1900, specifically January 2nd, 1900, that the project was complete. They had dug their ditch. They had dug through 42 million tons of rock and dirt and just stuff. They created a way for the river to change direction. 
Now to this day, this engineering feat is looked at as one of the greatest by any city. It's looked at as being so great because of the time it took and the amount of people it took to get this job done, to execute the plan. Now, I love this story of Chicago because what it reminds me of is it shows us that to change anything in a, a significant way, you got to have a plan, you got to have uh, intentionality, you got to have determination if you're going to accomplish something big. But when the river was reversed, Life was just different. Which brings us to today. And this brings us to the question for today, but also the question for this whole series. Is what needs to be reversed in your life? What needs to be reversed? Are there areas of your life that are unhealthy? Maybe areas of your life you've just settled. Maybe there are areas of your life you don't even know how unhealthy they are. But God needs to reveal this to you because something needs to change. What I want to talk about for the next several weeks are those areas in our lives that need to be fixed so we can move from unhealthy to healthy. Maybe there's a decision that needs to be made, and that one choice is going to change everything in your life. So what I want this month to be, hear me, I want this month to be challenging. I want to be really challenged this month. I don't want to go soft on you this month, okay? But I don't want it just to be challenging. I want it to be very practical. I don't want to just speak a topic to you. I don't want to just preach some information to you. I want you to feel challenged. I want you to feel a deep sense of urgency. Because the reason that Chicago was willing to do what they did is because they felt urgency. See, they had owned what, what had gotten bad, what had gone wrong. They didn't deflect, they didn't lie to themselves, they didn't push it onto somebody else as their problem. They met the issue head on. This story is about a city that said, this is wrong, we're going to meet the problem and we're going to do something about it so we can become a better city. And so we need to be willing to say to God, you need to be willing to say to God, is there something unhealthy in me that needs to be fixed? Make it known to me, God, that there's something in me that needs to be reversed and I am willing to do it. I will intentionally do it. To reverse an area in my life that's causing me to be unhealthy because I think we all have an area or two I mean, no one's exempt. We all have an area or two in our lives that the river of our life needs to be res- uh, reversed. So let's go on to today. Let's get, get after today, okay? The first three words of the Bible. In the beginning. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning. Now, we can treat these words in this moment in two different ways. We can treat these words by just glancing over them so that we can get to the, let's say, important stuff. 
four. We can stop for a moment. We can stop for a moment and realize that these words matter a lot in the story of God to us. See, to, 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 to say in the beginning to me is to say a simple but powerful truth for our lives. To say in the beginning says to me, this is how everything started. Or, or listen, this is how things were supposed to be. In the beginning. See, when the words that were most likely written by Moses were, were written, I think he's saying, there's a message I'm about to say to you. And the message I'm about to say to you is, when all of this started, this is how God intended everything to be. In the beginning. See, in the beginning, God created everything, and Moses begins to tell us how created, how he created everything, and you know that story, right? Like, God created, he separated uh, uh, day and night, he separated light and darkness, he separated the sky and the land, he separated the land and the sea, he created vegetation, he created animals, and then he created humanity, he created people. And at the end of this, in Genesis 1.31, what does God say? He says, God saw everything he had made, and it was very good. In the beginning, God created, and then when he's done his creation, he looks and he says, everything I created, this is good. See, in this moment, there was completeness, there was wholeness, there was unity with everything. It's how God initially designed things to be, his creation in the beginning. There was what the Jewish people would call shalom in this, peace with everything that God had just done. It was perfect. Now, what I want us to see this morning in this original design, this original way that God created things to be, there was a way that he set up humanity to live. What I want us to see or remember today is that in the beginning, there were two relationships that God created from the beginning. And these relationships were there to help us function at our greatest capacity. See, these two relationships we see at the very beginning of the Bible are the relationships that would help us find our identity, they'd help us find our purpose, they'd help us find our joy, they'd help us find our place in life, they'd help us grow, they'd help us become everything that God had created us to be. These two relationships were everything for us to function in life. And these two relationships are simple. It's us and God and us and other people. Very first chapter, he makes this clear. See, if you read the story of creation, you'll see that he designed these relationships where we would be close to God. We would be very close to him. You see, right at the beginning, there's these conversations that happened. Over and over, you see God giving now, talking to them like they knew who he was. He gave them instruction. Like he tells Adam, hey, hey, name the animals. He tells them, this is, that you're free, and this is how you can stay free. Genesis 3 alludes to the fact that they were used to God walking with them in the garden because they knew what it felt like. They knew his presence. They knew when he was there. 
this is how it was supposed to be. Humans and God being in a relationship. But that's just one of the relationships. We have a second relationship, us and others. You see from the beginning that God made man and woman. He made people. They weren't complete with each other, without each other. God makes it really clear when Adam's on the earth that he looks at him and goes, you're not complete without a companion. Someone to walk through life with. You're not complete without somebody else to do life together with. Someone to walk through it. Someone to help you. Someone for you to help as well. See, we didn't need just a relationship with God. We needed a relationship with other people. So in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, this is how it was supposed to be. In the beginning, this is perfection. We needed God and we needed other people. But as you know, if you've read that story before, as you know, you know wholeness and perfection, it didn't last very long. This peace that God created didn't last very long. Three chapters in, we see everything that God intended. This is crazy about the, about the Bible. God creates and everything is perfect. But like we're three chapters in and everything gets messed up. In this whole book, we've only got a couple chapters where things are exactly how they're supposed to be. Everything came crashing down. See, in chapter 3, we see sin enters the world. Sin enters humanity. And so what God planned now became broken. And what we see early on in the story that the writer, Moses, most likely wants to see is that when sin enters, going against the way God wants things to be, it always messes things up. Going against the way God designs things to be for our life, for all of our lives, always messes things up. We see the relationship between people and God becomes a complete mess. We see the relationship between Adam and Eve, it's not what it was. I mean, if you re continue to read this story, you'll see now they're hiding from God. They're avoiding God. You see, in the people, they start blaming each other. They start seeing faults where they'd never seen faults before. These relationships were messed up. They start blaming. It was a mess. What God wanted is not what God has now. These relationships that he meant to be life-giving and pure, meant to give us peace, meant to give us wholeness, meant to give us a life, they just were gone. If you're asking the question, like, what does this have to do with reversing the river, Scott? Why is this the one you come out the gate at the beginning of the series, the beginning of the year? Why? Well, I think before we know what to fix, we've got to know how things are supposed to be. We can't fix what we don't have a picture of what they're to be. So we've got to go back to the beginning saying God created. And I, what I want us to understand, what I want us to see, is that when we are in a relationship with God, but not other people, we are incomplete. And when we have relationship with other people, but we don't have relationship with God, we are incomplete. Complete. Both of these relationships matter for how we function every day. And so that's where my simple question comes this morning. How are your relationships with people? And how is your relationship with God? 
We're beginning things off. We're looking at the beginning of Scripture. We're at the beginning of the series. We're at the beginning of the year. We have a beginning moment. How is your relationships with other people, and how is your relationship with God? And there's a reason I ask this question. It's because, in my opinion, many are struggling with one or both of these in your life right now. See, when we look back at 2021, couldn't 2021 be described in a way a year of separation? Couldn't we describe this as a year of separation? I mean, look what has happened to us. A year where maybe many of you have felt very alone. Where you have felt people and maybe God has been distant to you. And maybe it's because in the last year our rhythms and our habits have all been messed up. Everything we were used to, everything we had built our life around kind of got tossed up in the air and said you can't do things this way anymore. I mean, look at what happened to us and people. We were told, keep a distance from people. Specifically, they gave us a number. Keep six feet away from other people. No hugs. No high fives. I mean, it's killing me on Sunday morning, right? Like, I'm the hugger, right? It's killing me. Don't hug. Don't high five. If you're close to somebody, wear the mask. We all know the effects that this has happened where we no longer see each other's smiles. For how long did we not see facial inflections? And we notice how much we miss that. We didn't go to each other's houses as much anymore. We didn't make plans with each other as much as we used to. There was this sense of separation. There was this sep separation between people that we loved, and we didn't know always how to operate in this. I think we all know the effect on us. And one of the effects is we just felt distance. There's another effect, though. As we became distant, what happened in some of our relationships, it was even harder for us to get, to long, get along with people, wasn't it? As there was a physical distance, there became this relational distance, and it was hard to get along with people like before. It seems like there's a divide everywhere. You, you know you feel this. You know you felt this universally, and you have felt this individually with people. The divide became even bigger than it ever was. It's had, the divide's been at work. The divide's even been at church. Where people have become more divided than ever. There was a physical divide that led to a relational divide. And each of us had felt it on our own level. Year of separation. And what I want us all to see is that whether we realize it or not, this also potentially affected our relationship with God. I've heard it over and over. I see it all around me. I know the battle within me. I mean, one example, just look how our worshiping together was affected over this past year or two. We stayed away and some still are staying away. We worshiped online from a distance. There wasn't this connection. How many times I heard people say, worship is just not the same over my phone. 
Worship is just not the same over my computer. Worship is not the same without other people. All those things we were used to that help us connect with others and connect us with God, they just weren't the same. And the potential is it took a toll on your relationship, not just with other people where we've felt that effect. It's taken a toll on our relationship with God. I think we know deep down it's taken a toll on us. I think all of us have voiced our, our thoughts on what is done to our lives. At some point, you have probably said the sentence, what am I going to say? I wish things would just go back to normal. We've said it. When I, when I hear people say these things, what I hear in my mind, because I'm looking at the way God created things to be, I think what we're saying is I want things to go back to the place where I experience what God wants me to experience. That God wants me to experience healthy and vibrant relationships with other people. We, just, we love being in relationship with each other and that we want healthy and passionate rela relationship with God. And that has gotten out of the normal. That has become affected the year of separation so this past year it's left us maybe thinking something is missing something is off something isn't the way it was and so we search and so we just we lament it we grieve it we just there's something that is missing now I think all of us on some level can agree this is our experience. On some level, everybody experiences life differently, but on some level we all agree, and this is a major problem. But hear me, it's not our only problem. Maybe there's another problem, and maybe there's an even bigger problem, and a bigger problem that I actually want to talk about more this morning. That the problem I see is not just that what we've missed out on, it's not just that the separation happened. The problem I want us to see is the potential part that's done the most destruction. It's not just that we have missed it, it's that maybe we have fallen into the trap where in our minds we view how things are or just the way life is going to be now, and we settle for it. Maybe the worst place we can be is not just that it happened, it's that it sticks. It's not just that it happens, it becomes a new way of life. What if we've given ourselves to a new unhealthy way of living? Distance from others and distance from God. Pulled away from others emotionally, physically, relationally, and pulled away from God emotionally, spiritually, relationally. So I shared the story of Chicago today, why reverse the river Chicago story means so much to me, because what if they just said, this is life? People are going to drink water, they're going to get sick, and lots of people are going to die. This is just life. What if that is their response to their situation? This is life. We were not created for unhealthy and distant relationships with others. We are not created to settle for unhealthy and a distant relationship with God. Which is why I asked, I'm going to ask again, how 
is your relationship with people? And how is your relationship with God today? Have you settled for either or both of these relationships? This is just how life is. Last couple weeks, I've been listening to a podcast. And this podcast, in some areas, goes way over my head. I'm going to be honest. It's by a neuroscientist, Andrew Huberman, a neuroscientist from Stanford University. And he was, he's been talking about this, this, the, damaging, the damages that have happened from our social isolations that have happened the last couple of years. He, listen, if you like science and all this stuff and you want things to go over your head, I'll send you the podcast. Just text me. But, but I, I want, there's a part of it, and I'll, and I'll dub it down for me and you, um, where he talked about fasting and how we compared fasting to what has happened to us in relationships. And I don't know if you fasted before. I fasted uh, several times in my life. But one time I fasted for 14 days just water. I felt like this is what I was supposed to do. And I did it. And, and, and as he's talking about fasting and the effects on us as people and how it relates to our social isolations, the effects on our culture, I totally could relate to it. Because what he said was on day one of a fast, if you've experienced this, let's say you're used to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, three meals a day. When you fast for the day, what does your body do? What does your mind do? It craves. It hungers for those meals it's used to eating. Let's say you only eat one meal a day. Fine. You crave and hunger for that one meal you're used to having. Day one's tough. But then day two comes. Man, and you hunger. Day three comes. Give me some food. Day four comes. You're just a bad person because you're just angry at the world. You're angry at life. I mean, day four for me was just terrible. Headaches and my body just crying out for. I want the food I'm used to eating. Give me food. Like, you know, stay out of my way. Day five comes. Day six comes. You know, by day seven and day eight and day nine, day nine doesn't feel like day one. Day 10, day 11, day 12, day 13 to 14 doesn't feel like four because something happens. Your body adjusts. You've ever done this? You know, your body adjusts and it doesn't hunger the way it did at the beginning as it did later on. You may think that's really weird, but by day 14, my body and my mind almost told me, you don't need this anymore. I don't need it as much as I once did. He's trying to tell me I don't need food. How ridiculous it is that my body doesn't need food, but my mind and my body is telling me this as I fasted. And think about back to when this whole thing began and, and how when you weren't able to go out and see people, how many, like, I just miss people. I want to be with people. I just want to be, I miss my friends. I miss conversations. I miss this and how hard it was. And I remember the beginning of this whole thing where people watch church every week. They're like, I can't miss church. I just can't. I, 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 if I don't have church, even watching it, like what my life is, this is the way people are. But then day three happens, and day four happens, and day five happens, and month six happens, and month seventh happens. And eventually you go, I'm, I'm used to just doing my life. I'm used to doing life, my own. I'm used to separation. I don't need people quite as much. I need people, but like the hunger isn't quite as once it was. Church relationships, things like the small groups and just talking and worshiping. and the, ah, When it's convenient, I've gotten used to it not being my regular thing. It can come and go. This is what happened to, it, to us. This is what hap has happened to culture. 
It's not like we don't need God totally. It's just like, ah, when it's convenient. It's day 14. I'm not as hungry as I once was. I've got now the rhythm of experiencing and eating and, and living the relationship with God in my life. On day 14, I've gotten used to like, I, I can make it without people. I'm good. I just do my thing. The hunger's not there. This is what's happened to us. He's talking, Dr. Andrew Huber is talking about this. A neuroscientist is talking to me. Scott, this is what happens. You don't realize it, but over time it creeps. Over time the separation is slow. You don't realize it's happening, but it's happening. And this is where we sit. It's not a you thing. It's not a me thing. It's a cultural thing. It what, it's what happens. I think what happens is we forget how relationships and our lives give us support and encouragement. We forget how relationships give us accountability and wisdom. They ground us. They give other point of views. They help shape us when we don't know what to think or we're off thinking. We've got people in our lives to speak wisdom into us. We forget how important relationships are because it gives us laughter. It gives us joy. It gives us shared experiences that in the beginning, God said, you're going to need this to function well yourself. And so when we, this doesn't happen, we begin to struggle. We don't realize how much we struggle. We don't know what's missing. We just feel off. We just feel like something is missing in life. And my argument today, you're missing what God created us to have, whether you want to admit it or not. And different people need different levels of this. But we, in our creation, it feels like there are, there are two relationships that are so important. So when we distance ourselves from others, we lose these things. Now, same thing with God. When we... Forget how relation, we forget how our relationship with God gives us things like our identity, our purpose, our wholeness, our hope. When we're in relationship with God, we know who we are in Him. And can you remember back, if there is a distance, how confident you felt in who you are. When you were in a deep relationship, passionate relationship, you walked with God. You didn't struggle with some things that you struggle with now because your identity is fixed inside Him. You know your purpose is greater than what you think your purpose is now because in God, you know He gives us this life has more than just what I'm doing right now. That we know our wholeness, whether that's forgiveness or just you know how life works we feel a wholeness in God our hope when things don't go good our hopes in Christ it's the anchor to our soul when we distance ourselves from God we lose these things without these two relationships we will struggle and so maybe today there's something in you that will admit one or both of these relationships they're struggling and because of that, if we broke down the facade, we ripped away the facade of our life, there's a brokenness inside of us because of what has happened. So what do we do about it? I said I want this to be challenging, but I also want to be very practical. And so what do we do about this? I think it's pretty simple. We need to own the relationship that God, relationships that God has designed you to be in. Own it. Receive it. Grab a hold of this. this. These are the relationships that God says, from the beginning, I'm giving you. Relationship with each other, relationship with me. And 
own God's original design, own God's original plan. Two relationships that we can't do without. When we're in a relationship with God but not others, we are incomplete. When we're in a relationship with others but not God, we are incomplete. Just own God designed the world that way in the beginning. This is how it's supposed to be. The second thing is we need to take the words of Scripture to heart. This is what I mean. I want to read just one example of relationship with others and what spoke to me. I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. It says two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. You can get more done with two people than one person. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know what this feels like. Also, if two lie down together, they keep, will keep warm. But one, uh, how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. The cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Two are better than one. We truly are better together. Speaking of, Ecclesiastes speaking to us, two, we need people. Relationships are important. You need somebody to walk through life with than relationship with God. Let me read Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14, of just what God speaks to us, how he views the relationship, and if there's distance there. He says, Then you will call on me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Let me talk about this relationship that's been distant. God is waiting for us to come back to him. Hear me when I say this. God has not gone anywhere over the last couple years. We are the ones that pull away. You do not have to chase God. Never feel like you have to chase God. He isn't, hesitant, will not go anywhere. He is the one that stays. We are the ones that pull away. Out of his love, he is telling us right here, you come to me, you will find me. I am not hiding, will never hide. He's not playing a game with us. If you try hard enough, You'll find me. Since what you did is you pulled away in the relationship, now work back to finding me again. That is not how God works. If you look for me, you will find me, declares the Lord. He is not going to be going away. We are the ones that always go away. This is what's happened. If the distance between you and God is there, it is not because of God. From the beginning, he wanted a relationship with us. Listen, the third thing is this. Not only we need to own the original plan, not only we want to see, take Scripture to heart and see what He speaks, we can come back healthier. You've got an opportunity to come back healthier in life right now. This is a good thing. When I came back from my 14-day fast, it was important that I didn't jump back into the unhealthy, right? Like the worst thing could be is give me a bunch of fried chicken that day, right? Like what? It was not going to be a good day in the Moore household, you know what I'm saying? Like don't come back and be unhealthy with the foods. 
I needed to make a decision on how I was going to be healthy. I could come back better. I could come back healthier. After being away from food, I needed food. No matter what my mind told me, I needed food badly, but I could come back healthier. If we have a relationship distance, if we have an unhealthy relationship, whether it's with others or God, we have a chance right now to come back healthier in one or both of those areas. See, in our relationships with others, I want to be practical. I want to be intentional with this. What relationships are the best and the healthiest for you to come back to? What relationships with other people should you focus on and which one should you leave behind? Focus on the healthy ones. It can be simple as there may be distance between you and somebody. It could be because something happened or just separation happened. Text somebody. You know in your mind you should be texting somebody to reestablish that relationship, to, be, to get back to conversation. Call somebody. Call somebody. You know you should be calling. Someone said that to me this week. They're like, man, I've been meaning to text. I just, I just haven't done it. And I want to tell you something. Okay, just text me. You want to tell me some? Text me. Go to lunch with somebody. Go on a walk. Let's say you own a dog and another person owns a dog. Go walk your dogs. All right? You got a baby in a stroller. They got a baby in a stroller. Go walk your babies. Go to the park as a family. Okay? Go work out with somebody. Go play a sport with somebody. I don't care what it is. Don't complicate this thing. Go be with somebody so you're not by yourself. Be outside in the middle of nowhere. I don't care. This month, starting last week, we've been talking about small groups. We heard Lynn Morrison talk about small groups. Serving. The effects of COVID on her. She's excited to get into her group. She's excited to spend time with other people. Listen, these groups are not for the church. They're for the church people, right? They're not for just to do groups because do groups. Yes, there's a real thing about like we need people to serve. That's just, that's just the reality, right? Like we do this together. But inside of serving, inside of groups, you have the ability to build community with each other. Because two are better than one. We need each other to grow. Maybe you need to get back to a group. Maybe you need to start a group. Maybe you just, you need to make the initiative because you're not the only one that needs us in life. The people you're going to connect with, they need you as much as you need them. And so maybe you take the intentional step. We can't settle for separation when we're not the only ones who need it. Our relationship with God. Maybe you need to be honest with yourself this morning. Be honest with yourself. Do you feel distant from God? Do you feel God presently in your life? Not just while we're here, but I'm talking on Monday. Do you feel a connection with God? Just like the words of Jeremiah, James speaks to this. James 4, 8 is clear and simple. It says, come near to God. 
and he'll come near to you. This is really simple. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. In the beginning, God wanted a relationship with you. In the beginning, God wanted a relationship with humanity, and he still does. That hasn't changed. It's how things were supposed to be. We need to realize we're the ones that have pulled away. God is always there saying to us, I want to spend time with you. I want to build a relationship with you. I want to speak to you. I want to speak to you through prayer. I want to speak to you through worship. I want to speak to you through reading his words. I want to speak to you just in silence. I want to speak to you as you worship with fellow believers. I want to speak to you. I'm in relation with as you just hang out with people and you talk about God. I want this. I want a relationship. Can you imagine God wanting a relationship more with you than you even want with him? He is the one waiting. He is the one saying, please, will you come spend time with me? Please, I want to speak life and truth and joy and purpose and identity. And and I want to speak wholeness. I want to speak hope. I want to give you everything I've created you to have. Don't pull away from me. Lean into me. I want to speak to you. I want to be in relationship with you. And right now we're in a moment where we can stop and we can be intentional. The story I led with Owning where we are and saying, I'll do whatever it takes, no matter what it costs, no matter the time, I'm, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to change the direction of my life. Because I'm not going to settle for being distant with people because I need relationships. And you know what? Other people need you. Stop holding out on other people because they need you as well. God has been missing you. You've been missing something and maybe you just haven't put it together because you are distant from God. He's not distant from you. He's right there. Waiting for you to draw close to him because he will draw close to you always. He will never say no. He'll never make you pay for pulling away. He just wants the relationship. And so this morning as we do, we are going to end in worship and I just want to offer a chance for you before you leave. In the beginning God created, in the beginning of this year, in the beginning of this series, can we just make a decision, okay God, there's some unhealthiness in me, in my relationships, I won't deflect. I'll own it. I won't say it's someone else's problem because maybe I need to go to them. Maybe I'm the problem. And maybe, God, you haven't pulled away from me. I've pulled away from you. And so as always, altars are open. But I'd love for you to make a commitment with God and to say, God, I will reverse this river. I will change direction. I will live 2022 differently than 2021. The world may want to separate. And there's reasons for that. I get it. But I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to get healthy with people. I'm going to find a way to get healthy with you. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, you from the beginning designed us to be in two amazingly important relationships. I've spoken about those this morning, but God, I pray for your Holy Spirit that, God, you speak deeply in us. God, there are people in here who there's been division for whatever reason. 
It started with physical and has turned into relational. Maybe there's forgiveness that's needed between two people because of what's happened. Maybe it's just people have stopped talking and, and a relationship needs to start again. Maybe God, there's somebody avoiding other people. Maybe God's just, it just life happened. And we need to intentionally, intentionally, intentionally walk back into a relationship with other people that we would, we would make that phone call. We would join that group. We would serve somewhere. Whatever gets us with people. Because it's healthy for us. It's needed. And God, also, if there's people in here who are distant from you, God, maybe it's they've been distant their whole life and they need to give their lives to you. And that is a simply, God, forgive me. I want a relationship with you. I believe in Jesus. I believe God in my cross. I want a relationship with you. I've never been in a relationship with you. But other people, God, they've given their life to you. But God, honestly, you're not a very personal God anymore. And God, maybe this morning, we just say, God, you are what I need. I'm kind of a mess in life. Or God, I'm just sad. God, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know who I am. God, that we'd realize, because that's found in you and we're distant from you. God, may we turn to you. And when we do, you will be close to us. Speak to your people, I pray. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.